Hey, what's going on, folks? This is Ty from Breaker Culture, and I'm excited to be a part of Behind the Numbers Episode 3. Again, we're running it through the Breaker Culture channel this week. I uh, hope you've been tuning in to the past two weeks of episodes because Tyson's been doing a good job of coordinating and helping us understand. The point of this podcast, at least from the onset, is to kind of help folks catch up throughout the week and figure out like what did happen in the NFL the previous week, and not just with stats and all the fantasy stuff, but what happened from a collecting and hobby perspective. And so we hope that as you listen to this throughout the week, you get a good perspective. And, and as you're buying and selling the, you know, throughout the week, you can, uh, you can have some more insight. So anyway, what's up Tyson. Thanks for having me on again. What's going on Ty. Great to see you as usual. Now you got a nice little uh, backdrop. Looks, you're in, looks like you're in Canada almost. Yeah, I know. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing the vest today. So I'm like, I got to go to the mountains. So that's yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's awesome perfect oh, yeah so, uh week, week three great week, week three what do you think of week three overall i thought we uh a little a little healthier but i still thought there was a lot to talk about um I, i'm just gonna start off with like i think the you got you got me i think the josh allen discussion is on board my man i think they're He's he, he impressed me because he stumbled a little bit against the Rams and he came back and he made a beautiful throw to basically win the game, a little touch throw to the tight end. Uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed. And I think really, I think Mahomes is always going to be in the MVP conversations because he does amazing things as we saw on Monday and we'll get to that. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think Allen and Wilson, I think we kind of have a three little horse race at this point. I, I, I think those three to me are the ones that are standing out for MVP. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think there's any debate. I mean, I think it's yeah. Russell Wilson, maybe... Who would you say the third one was? Wilson, Allen, who? Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes. Okay, I, I would probably put Aaron Rodgers in there right now just because he yeah. looked pretty sharp and, and kind of winning in numerous ways. But, yeah, those four, man. Yeah. Josh Allen was awesome this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I, was I, I, admit, I seriously was like, oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, that advice has proven to be well. I was a little concerned because they did stumble. They were dominating, and the Rams just stormed back, and he had a couple turnovers in a row. And I was like, oh, he's making those same mistakes. And then <laughs> they just came back and won the game. I was like, Ty still has the upper hand on this one. So, uh, but yeah. Speaking of Rodgers, we can talk about he outduels Breeze on Sunday night in a pretty convincing fashion. I felt like the Packers really controlled that game more than I expected. And I was really impressed with Rodgers' efficiency in that game against the Saints defense. He did not seem to have any issues, and they just kind of rolled through. I, I'm the Packers are they're looking really strong in the NFC right now. Man, oh man, I tell you what, when the when the run game is working for Green Bay, like they are a dangerous, dangerous team. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with what Green Bay is doing right now. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the demise of McCarthy's arrow is they just they got too accustomed to letting Rodgers sit back there and just dime balls everywhere all over the field. Yeah, and when they're balanced, it just makes it easier for Rodgers too. I think Rodgers is starting to figure that out. If Jones is rolling and they have things clicking on the chains, he has more options. He has more play action. He can do a lot more things with the football, which I think his efficiency is just really high. He doesn't have the numbers that Wilson and Allen have, like in terms of yardage, in terms of TDs, but the efficiency and everything that offense is doing, moving up and down the field, is. It's, it's it's MVP caliber. Like, you know, they're just moving the For ball. Sure. For sure. So. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers, and you, we can go through some of these prices in a little bit, but his 2005 top scrum on PSA 10 for less than two grand. Yeah, it's still to too me, low. That's screaming by right now. Yeah, still too low. Already a Super Bowl champion, uh, in first belt Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, that's way too low. Way too low for <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. So I, I came up with a new term. I'm sure this has been out and I'm not going to put my name <laughs> on it from trademark, but I think it's time that we can start saying they falconed it. It's the new term in football. <laughs> so uh, the Falcons again, just choked in a way another win. It's uh, two weeks in a row. They've given it away and it was Nick Foles to the rescue. So Trubisky got benched. And so um, if you had any hope for Trubisky in terms of a silver or trying to help help yourself out there, I think that's kind of dwindled a bit. As Foles is back in, and as soon as Foles comes in, it's when they win. I think the crazy part is, is he got benched. They came back and won. And then you think mm-hmm. about it, and you're like, well, the Bears must be like one and two, but the Bears are three and zero. They're three and zero, right. and they switched they switched quarterbacks, which I think is unheard of. Yeah, that, that's it's funny you say that because when we were watching that game, I'm thinking, oh, this is a no-brainer. They're going to Nick Foles, and I'm thinking, well, shoot, they're two and zero. Right. Like, this doesn't pan out. They're probably going right back to Trubisky. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. That, you you just knew like that was already in motion. Yeah. Right. They're already yeah. thinking when the opportunity is right, let's make a move to Foles. Yeah, that's just the message from up top. We're going to give Trubisky two, three games, one last yeah. shot. So we put the second pick in the draft on him. And soon as Foles went in, all production of Allen Robinson went up. All the production with the receivers just went up. And you're just like, man, this is just, it's too obvious. They they have no choice. And so I think the Trubisky era is officially over. I don't think that's, I'm not making a hot take there. But uh, you, you, I'm curious your thoughts on this. So you, you see something like that happen. Do you think when a guy like Foles pops in there, is it, is it more about Foles and his leadership that props up Allen Robinson and those guys? Or is it like Trubisky was just such a poor leader where it was dragging down a guy like Robinson? Like what, what do you credit to all of a sudden uh, Robinson and the receiving crew looking excited to play again? <laughs> I, I just think like fluidity in the offense. I think just Foles comes in and he just he mm. knows what they're trying to do. And I think Trubisky just has never gotten in that rhythm of really – running that offense way Nagy's wanted because Nagy's a really good offensive mind. And so it's almost yeah. like they've just been forced, forced in a square peg in a round hole for so long. I don't think Foles is going to be a top 10 quarterback or anything, but he's going to be efficient. He knows what to do. And I just think that he won't make a lot of mistakes like uh, Trubisky or miss the easy ones that Trubisky has missed. And so uh, to me, that's yeah. more of a, that's kind of the best way I can explain it. I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to pretend I know the Bears offense from front to back, but I sure. just think Foles is just going to be the veteran presence that can just run it. I, you know, leadership a little bit, I'm sure. Then trust, definitely yeah. trust. I'm sure maybe those guys in practice have been calling for Foles or hoping for Foles for a long time. And as soon as Foles gets in, they just like, okay, we're ready to go. So, uh, you know, yeah. you know, it's it's crazy because you I mean you can go you can go snag a Foles rookie for pretty cheap. PSA ten. You can yeah. either go with his prison or you can go with his Chrome. I think his Chrome cards awesome. It's mm-hmm. an awesome car with his throwing, yeah, with the motion, everything is sweet. Um, yeah. Is that a buy to you now? I mean, now that Foles is back in, or is his time come and gone <laughs> in the hobby? Um, he is a Super Bowl champion, so I mean, you do have to account for that. He did win the Super Bowl with the Eagles, so he still has appeal. They are three and zero. My only thing is, I just I don't believe the Bears are good still. I, I even mm-hmm. even though they won against the Falcons. Um, and they're three. No, I just, I think they're going to get a rude awakening soon and we'll see how it goes then. But I just don't see them making a run that will make his cards go way up. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. So, um, I got the Patriots humble Gruden and the Raiders. Uh, I thought the Raiders were kind of getting some momentum coming off that Monday night win. we didn't get to talk about last week cause they were playing while we were talking. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the Raiders had a nice win against the saints 
And the Patriots just, they really steamrolled them. 250 yards rushing as a team. They just absolutely torched the Raiders. I just felt like really kind of widen their eyes to, okay, the Raiders aren't, aren't there yet. Um, not that I believe that they were, but I was surprised by how lopsided that game was. I thought the Raiders could get the running game going and make it yeah. interesting, and they didn't. So any thoughts yeah. on that game? Yeah, so two thoughts. One, I think we always underestimate how good a Patriots D is. Like Belichick yeah. is a great defensive coach. Yeah. Um, second, I, I'm a little concerned if I'm the Patriots with their lack of ability to get the ball down the field. Yeah. They just – and, and I mean, maybe it's just the receiving core, right? Maybe you're, I mean, what do you got? Edelman and Nikhil Harry. It's basically what you got. Yeah, basically uh, a couple of young tight ends, but. Yeah, you got to, I mean, they're just, they're just not stretching the field. So luckily, you know, Cam Newton, maybe that's part of their strategy. Cam Newton is a dynamic runner and it's kind of, it's hard to figure out where the ball is going to be handed off. You know, Cam Newton going to keep it, but I'd be a little concerned with their, they're pretty, they're relatively predictable. Yeah. I think we'll get to it a little bit later when we, we get to the buy ourselves, but I, I'm getting concerned yeah. with Josh Jacobs kind of falling into the same, I don't want to say the same pattern because we're talking about two years, but last year he got beat up and then was working through it and his production dropped because he was beat up playing with the bunt like a hurt shoulder last year. And now he's banged up again, trying to play through it. And I just, I just, I worry that he's going to get in that yeah. position where he's not going to be able to be his full, uh, use his full talent, which won't, won't be good for him or for him in the hobby. If you know, he's, yeah. he's under four yards of carry. He's not, they're just not getting a lot of movement with him. Uh, he had the nice three touchdown game to start, but his uh, efficiency's definitely dropped the last two weeks. So I am watching that for sure. Can you not uh, say too much about Jacobs? I got to trade him on my fantasy team first before we, we down him. Too yeah, I'll be right there with you. I got him in a couple of <laughs> spots too. <laughs> um, the beauty of a tie had a, the very rare, always fun time of a tie. Basically the Bengals and Eagles didn't want to win. Um, so I, that game was, I, I kind of watched the recap of that game and it was just like, just nobody wanted to make a play to win it. And just was tough to watch. I don't like ties in football. I just, why even just put a clock in it? Just do two until somebody scores. It's not, you know, just go with it. But, uh, Burrow looked good. He's taken tons of hits. That's the only concern. He still looked good. Uh, Wentz looked the same. He isn't, I don't see any improvement or anything to make you say, wait, maybe Wentz is good. I will give Wentz a little bit of a, I'm not going to give him much of an excuse, but he his receiving core is gone. That's, he's got hey, hurt. He has hurts and nothing. So um, I do feel for that, but just the Eagles don't look good either. So overall, that game was pretty tough to watch, but I just had to mention the the rarity of a tie was had. <laughs> yeah, that, that was tough, right? And I yeah, you're right. Joe Burrow didn't have a bad game at all. Like he he, it's I do feel for him because you you get the sense that by week seven, he's going to, he's going to have an injury or be beat up pretty bad. Cause he's taking some ridiculous hits. The uh, one thing, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, but I mean, I, to their credit, like they, they just keep battling. Like they yep. didn't lose. So they're making progress. And, and, and the standout to me is just how incredibly important Tyler Boyd is like Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Is a legitimate receiver. I'm impressed yeah. with him. Yeah, and T. Higgins made some noise at two touchdowns, yeah. I believe. And T. Higgins had a nice game getting on our rookie radar soon. Um, the thing that I'm just kind of caught in the middle on is I love I love the volume in terms of reps that they're giving Burrow for throws. He's getting a lot of experience. But I'm also curious if they're getting too 
loose with that because he's taking so many hits. Like, can they tailor that back a little bit so we don't right. have to put him in so many like run the ball? Like Mixon's only getting like 14 carries a game. It's just like give yeah. him 20, just six less dropbacks, six less chances for Burrow to get hit right now. Um, so I, I kind of hope they work on managing that as the season progresses because I just he can't take nine hits a game all year. That's not going to work. Right. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. So, Moving to the next rookie quarterback, Herbert lost lost a close one. Panthers won without CMC. Uh, watch the recap on that game as well. That you know it was it was a it was a close game. I thought the Chargers actually had a shot to pull off the hook and ladder. I don't know if you saw that. But I watched it live. Keenan Allen like just kind of botched the pitch. It was a perfect throw to Allen on the dig, and they had you look when you watch that side view. Uh, Eckler would have just walked in because all the defense was flowing with Allen. So it was set up perfectly. Just too bad we didn't. See that. So, I mean, Herbert could have got a nice little win there. Um, but I, again, Herbert over 300 yards again. Uh, one pick, the pick, the corner just sat and he just he just threw to a spot that the zone was there and got picked. So, I mean, that happens. Uh, overall, again, another impressive game. Do you think the Chargers are going to go back to Tyrod still or do you think they're forced to keep him in? Well, I mean, I think the reality is it's two losses, first off. Um, so, it, it'll be easy for them to make the switch back to Tyrod because Herbert's not winning. Um, yeah. You know, but like to Herbert's credit, I mean, you can see it in the hobby too. Where you're starting to see Herbert's coming up on on Burrow with prices. I think people are realizing, like, okay, you know, this guy yeah. is the real deal. Right. Um, I mean, they're basically on the equal playing field now, within a few bucks on most cards. But uh, but yeah, he's had back to back weeks where he was a play away from beating both. I mean, he, basically the Chiefs and the Panthers. He he should have beat. They should have won. Right. Just win both games. And I think it might be kind of weird in a way that if Lynn goes back to Tyrod Taylor, whatever, and Herbert sits, I almost feel like the hobby is not going to react. I, I feel like his prices are going to stay high and he's almost just going to yeah. like, he's just going to sit there because they saw it and now he doesn't have any, like him sitting won't hurt him. You know what I mean? Like he won't be injured. Like, so he'll have a nice little cushion in the hobby, I bet. Agreed. Yeah. He so, becomes a pretty safe, safe buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I just put down just simply New York football is not a thing. <laughs> Giants, are so bad. I mean, Jets are awful. The Giants, Giants and Jets games were just uh, atrocious. Like Daniel Jones was awful. Uh, it was just yeah. Both those teams are reeling hard. I just put up just a couple quick little <laughs> things for you here. So mm. on the year, Ty, Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold combined are 1,261 yards, five touchdowns, and eight picks. Josh Allen on the year is 1,038 yards, 10 TDs throwing, and two TDs rushing, one pick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh my, I couldn't believe I knew it was going to be close when I thought about putting those numbers together, and I just couldn't believe that it was that close, even in yardage. He's only 200 yards yeah. off. They have a combined five touchdowns in six total games together. Yep. Russell Wilson threw that in week one. Right. <laughs> right. And Russell Wilson had five touchdowns yesterday. Or yeah. Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He got a machine. Yeah. So it's just, it's, uh, I have Wilson's too. Wilson's is 924. He doesn't have as many passing yards and he has 14 touchdowns in the year. So got it. it's got it. incredible how bad they've been, was the point. I just, do you think like Daniel Jones, like, what it, how much uh how much time does he have in the hobby like before they start people start bailing are they they're panicking now or are they going to give him a year because of barkley like what are they going to do 
That's a tough one. They're, I mean, he's going to get a pass, right? Because of because of Barkley to a certain extent. Even doesn't matter if he's in New York or not, right? You lose basically the top three running back in the NFL, you're going to get yeah. a pass. But I, I I am very interested to see what the hobby does. I mean, because you saw, I mean, you saw him peak at fifteen hundred bucks, and yeah. he back to twelve hundred ish for his nineteen, you know, Prism Silver PSA ten. Yeah, it's got to drop below a grand, right? It's got to drop another twenty percent or so. You just you would think so. He, I just don't. And he played the Niners last week, so I mean, the Niners are an elite defense. So, well, let's see it one more week without Barkley. But if he has anything like last week happen next week, it's just yeah. like, I mean, the Rams are still tough. I believe they play the Rams, but it's just like he's got to yeah. start throwing something. It doesn't matter what you have for weapons as a quarterback; you still should be able to make some some noise. You should be able to make some plays where people are like, oh, okay. Yeah, but if he's not doing anything, it's going to be tough for you. I think his prices are going to be falling pretty drastically. I mean, we know we've kind of agreed last show that Darnold's at this point toast. Like, there's no, there's no really reason that his prices should be hanging anywhere where they're at. They're probably going to keep dropping. Yep. So, yeah, what are they at now? Eight is seven hundred, eight hundred. Yeah, it was eight hundred last time we talked, and I've, I'm sure they've dropped since then. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, there's there's zero reason to believe in Sam Darnold. He does not look competent back there at all. Right, I know. Then to your uh, your your numbers you put out on Patreon, you had the uh, Kyler Murray was one of the kind of highest volume, highest selling players, correct? Yeah, yeah. And so he had a rough game. He had three picks and I lost yep. the line. That was pretty surprising. Um, any yep. any concerns there? Or do you think just one bad game? Uh, I mean, look, he's still young first off. And I, I watched a lot of that game cause it was popping up in red zone. Um, I didn't think he looked horrible. I mean, yeah. he made some electric plays. That's the thing right. with him. Like you're going to, he's like, they were, they were saying before the game, like must see TV now with Kyler Murray. That's the kind of guy, that's the guy he is. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he's, he, he's a make or break type guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely electrifying. I really think they're not helping him out in terms of like the yeah. running games. The running game is non-existent. Yeah. And I think they the volume of throwing is he's going to throw picks with that type of volume. But I just I really hope that they can get. I know they run the air raid and that's kind of their style. But they got to get Kenyon Drake going a little bit to kind of support him, like Rogers is supported. We were talking about earlier. I think Kyler really could use that because that will just give him another another angle of to attack. And I think they're underutilizing that position right now. Agreed. Yeah. And you referenced the Patreon pricing. Um, so we, we, we have a report we put out for rookies and their PSA 10s and football, or every sport, but football. Kyler's number three right now for so non 2020 rookies. So I think we run it back through 2001, right? Is yep. that what we go back to? Tom Brady? Yeah. He's number three yep. at, at just over four grand for his 19 right. silver PSA 10. And like, you just got to stop and think for a minute. Like, I, I love Kyler Murray. I think he's a great quarterback. Like four grand. Yeah. You can go buy two Aaron Rodgers. PSA 10 rookies. I just so, don't. One and a half Russell Wilsons. Yeah. I just, it blows my mind how we value like the electrifying player. The Kyler next Murray. hot thing. <laughs> the yeah. next hot thing. Yeah. Give me Breeze. Give me Rodgers. Give me Wilson. I'll, give I'll me Josh Allen for 1200 yeah. I mean, yeah. my right now. Him. Yep. Have to hundred percent like that's hundred percent that's that's clear as day to me, um, but yeah I mean he's still he's fun player to watch hundred percent but I just yeah he's not quite to that level for sure. Yeah. Um, 
And last little topic for the week three recap. We'll actually we will add the the Chiefs yeah. and Ravens a little bit, but Brady's starting to get his rhythm a bit. I know Broncos were second string quarterback. They weren't much of a threat as a team at that juncture, but uh, Brady's you know was efficient. Got two touchdowns to Evans, uh, touchdown to Godwin. I think he had three touchdowns on the day, and they just mm-hmm. kind of rolled. So it just kind of seems like they're kind of getting more and more comfortable. Uh, even Gronk got a little more involved this week. So it just seems like that team's just kind of picking up its production. Because I don't think Denver's a rollover for defense. Their defense is still relatively, um, they're relatively strong. And they're not. I know they're missing Miller right now, but they're still they still have some players. Yeah. But so, what do you think about Brady now? Is you think he's starting to change your mind a little bit from week one, or not yet? Um, I mean. There's probably not a lot Brady can do to hurt his value. I mean, that's the reality, right? He's sitting, I mean, I shouldn't say that. He was at 10 grand for his 2000 Bowman Chrome back in early August, and he's sitting at 8,300 now. So he's, he's let's say he's down 20%. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Mike Evans, what did he have? Three, two catches for two yards, two touchdowns? I think it was <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, basically a goal line tied in line. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not reading too much into the the loss against a depleted Broncos team. Yeah, you know, Brady was getting the ball back every two minutes because the Broncos couldn't move the ball. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then yeah, the Panthers the week before they're not anything to write home about either. So still yeah. got a seed against a good team. I agree with you there. Uh, but it's just nice to see him get his rhythm and still be productive. At you know, like we talked about with a new team, new system at yeah. that age, just still impressive. Like he's you know he I think. Like I said, that storyline still, that Patriots, Bucks. let's see what happens between those two teams. I think it's still pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, who do the Bucks play this week? They got um, – looking at it here. They play the Chargers. So there you go. That's that's a pretty good – that'll give you a good barometer of where they at because the Chargers are a pretty, pretty impressive D. Yeah, they have a good defense for sure. Yeah. Um, kind of finished up there at that Monday night uh, – thriller that people wanted to see it was actually lackluster but chiefs and ravens um i i kept i told a friend this this morning i was like i couldn't believe that that score was only a 14 point game i felt like the chiefs were up 30 like i just that game just lamar nothing was working with lamar he couldn't complete a pass one of his worst passing games of his career in that kind of stage against mahomes was really disappointing um i don't know if i'd say it's concerning but i i do think that in the back of your mind if you are a person who's got money in Lamar Jackson cards, you need to wonder what it's going to be like if he can't run. Like, does is his career going to be limited when he's a straight thrower? I think that's always been the question. Yeah. Um, and I think that game last night just made you feel kind of worried about that uh, going forward. I think Mahomes is electric. Mahomes made every throw, all those sidearm throws again, the extending plays, had a rushing touchdown, just incredible. Like I said, he's in that MVP conversation, of course. But Lamar Jackson's performance was a bit concerning to me. On a, on a one-week level, but what did you think, Ty? Yeah, I think the thing that stood out to me with Lamar is that you can just – you sense the difference in leadership styles for both of them. Like mm-hmm. it's so important to lead your troops. You can, like, We were talking about Trubisky earlier where he just – Foles comes in and like Foles is a natural leader and the guys yeah. responded. Like you don't get the sense that there's a lot of joy and excitement on that team right now. Right. I don't know. That's just maybe this is my read on it, but yeah, it, it doesn't seem to instill confidence that he's going to take over. Yeah, which, he, he just seems like he's, he's kind of the player when things are going really well, then he's like he's going really well. But if, if he's got a little adversity, it just seems like things kind of fall apart faster for him. Like his confidence, just like his his throwing ability. I mean, 
you know, I'm not going to put all in this game. But then you look back to his last two playoff performances before that. Obviously, his rookie year, he had that horrendous yeah. playoff performance, which everybody was selling like crazy. And then last year, they, you know, had he was MVP and they got bounced in the first round because he had a similar game that he had Monday night. So Lamar Jackson is really going to have to start putting it on really good teams soon and really prime time positions to start kind of getting my long term love for him. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I am not. I wouldn't say I'm bullish Lamar Jackson at all. Uh, right. It, it, not to mention, like, he, the way he runs, he is one nasty hit away from being yeah. out of the year. You know? like His his first sure. carry that he had, like, 12 yards, like, he kind of got hit and rolled up on. And it looked like yeah. he kind of turned his ankle a bit. And I was like, man, I think he might have. Like, he might have been playing through something. But he just, yeah, I just saw that right. very first play. I was like, yeah, he took, took a bad hit already. And KC, yep. actually, in terms of defense, they match up good against the Ravens because they have linebackers that can fly. And so they, you know, Ravens really need to be more of a north and south approach, and they weren't doing that. And so KC was, they're playing right into KC's defense. So he did. Yeah. Of that, but. yeah. All right. Well, so you're looking at for a, a Prism Lamar. What, what is it sitting at now? Pulling that Ooh. up. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's expensive. Um, oh, yeah. Well, while we're talking, I'll, I'll find it. Um, yeah. yeah, so like as you're talking, we'll just always kind of run through some of the rookies here. The we already kind of talked about Burroughs Day. Um, again, he had he took eight sacks. Just everybody understands that Good. number. Burrow took eight sacks. So that's not that's not hits on the quarterback. He took eight sacks, and I think his worst one that he took wasn't a sack where he got crunched both sides by Graham and an, another guy, <laughs> another huge D lineman. So that's something to be concerning with. Uh, Herbert, you know, one pick, one fumble lost was kind of his negative. We talked about his 300 yard day, 330 touchdown, um, hook and ladder could have won it. We talked about Jonathan Taylor slowed down a little bit, 13 for 59. I didn't see that coming. I really thought the game flow with there too. They were just kind of up the whole game. I thought he would have kind of ate more, but maybe they just wanted to save his workload because they were, they were just ahead by so much <laughs> against the jets. But, uh, uh, CD Lamb five for sixty-five, slowed down a little bit. Judy with a backup quarterback five for fifty-five. The the big rookie performance of the week was Justin Jefferson, uh, seven for one seventy-five and a touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Really cementing his kind of taking over that you know uh, receiver next to Thielen, which used to be Diggs. Um, might even overtake Thielen as that number one receiver there. Um, I've been kind of a big fan of Jefferson through the process, and it was nice to see him get that target share and really cash in last week. Um, T Higgins five for 40 and two TDs. And then the last one, then I'll let you kind of uh, rebuttal with any receivers you want to talk about, but Brandon, Ayuk, like we said, I got to get his name down, but five yeah. catches for 70. And he also had three carries for 31 and a touchdown. He had eight targets. Uh, they're, they're having injuries too, but he's getting the volume now and he's getting looks. Uh, they really, I was really surprised with him because Debo's about to come back. And to yeah. see him have three carries, it's like, man, they like this guy like Debo because they're getting him in yeah. the end around game and just getting him involved and want the ball in his hands. And when the Niners do that with guys, it excites me because I feel like they think he's a talented player. So I, I like seeing Brandon Ayuk's line. Uh, but anyways, any of those receivers? I mean, obviously Jefferson stood out, but uh, what do you what do you think, Ty? Um, yeah, no, I, J- Jefferson was a huge standout. Period. Yep. Um, I just did numbers this morning on. Rated rookie, 2020 rated rookie prices and prism, uh, excuse me, mosaic base prices. And, and Jefferson's all the way up to number nine on the list, like of all this year. Um, so he's, I mean, the only other receiver in front of him is CD lamb. Right. Um, you know, you got Judy behind him. You got some other big names behind him, rugs behind him. 
mm-hmm. he became relevant basically in yeah. a matter of hour. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he, he was getting a little bit here and there the first two weeks. You could kind of see this building. He was on the field and it just yeah. seemed like last week, just cousins just finally said, I'm throwing this guy the ball. And I, I think right. I'm pretty sure he was nine targets caught seven of nine. I mean, that's great efficiency. That's just really a, a remarkable day. It's kind of his rookie coming out party. So it'd be nice to see that continue. Uh, the Vikings are still losing quite a, like they're not, they're still losing games, which is surprising. I'm really surprised the Vikings are on three. I didn't see that coming. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that kind of builds off. If they're going to keep playing from behind, he's going to keep getting a lot of looks. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we had Moss, Rieger, Akers, and Ruggs didn't play. So those guys are out with injury. Chase Young as well didn't play. Uh, Josh Robinson, even though we don't have a card with him yet, it's another two touchdown day on Thursday night, even though they lost. He had six catches for 83 to go with his 46 yards rushing. Still still a 100-yard day. He's kind of become the little sleeper fantasy star that everybody kind of wants to own right now. Uh, Gibson had another touchdown for the Redskins, 946. And then the last one I was going to mention was Chenault was five for 33. And the reason I want to mention Chenault is that even though he only had five for 33, very similar to Brandon Ayuk, like the Jags want to get the ball to Chenault. They keep finding ways to get him the, the, the rock outside the numbers, the quick screens. Um, they're trying to get him involved as much as possible. Uh, which I think is encouraging if you're, you know, been brooding or wanting Chenault uh, as part of your mosaic base cards. Where's Mo- where was the Chenault in the mosaic base? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you here in a second. Um, Chenault is his base is running about three bucks, so he's down to twenty five on the list. Okay, that's, uh, pretty, that's a good buy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going to be throwing well, the ball, so. For sure. Yeah, I was going to say just one comment, hobby related, right? If you're if you're looking at potentially good buys for some of these guys and you're thinking about do I buy base mosaic? Do I buy rated rookie? For guys like that, like Chenault, your best bet is to go buy like the optic uh rated rookie preview cards, the hollows. Um oh, those are like a guy like Chenault you can get for 10 bucks. Are those the Donner's insert? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah they're coming right. in the yeah, those are, yeah, those are sweet cards. Yeah, definitely. That's a good that's a good angle, Ty. That's really great advice. Probably a lot of those kind of Judy's, a lot of those guys that are you like, you know, long term, those would be good cards to, to snag. Those previews, definitely. For sure. Yeah, those those end up doing better than you think long term. Right. Yeah. So uh anything else on the rookies you wanted to talk about, Ty? Any numbers from the rookies you wanted to mention from your 2020 poll of data? Um, let's see here. Let's look at a couple of the guys that are fascinating to me. I mean, you're looking at, so we'll look at some mosaic. So, so right now rated rookies are are somewhere between 35 and 50% of the value of a mosaic base. Okay. Um, so guys like chase young who are four bucks for a base mosaic, you can snag for two bucks for a rated rookie. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk is three bucks. CD yep. Lamb is 12 bucks. It's kind of the range you're seeing at. But your mosaic base is going for 55 on a Joe Burrow and, and Herbert's all the way up to 47. Like it right. that's how these guys are. Yeah. Um, but I just a comment about mosaic. I big fan of mosaic. Parallels are great. The base is not holding up like I expected. Um that's what I was just gonna say. I was yeah, I'm I'm surprised when you said when you said it was you know about 50, 40 percent. I thought it'd be lower for Donruss. So the Donruss is even close to half is pretty surprising to me in terms of 
just like you said, mosaics going to be harder to find. The Donruss is going to be fairly, the quantity of Donruss is going to be high. We know that. Yeah. And so that was very surprising when you just said that. Uh, to me. Yeah. I'll show you something here real quick since folks are watching on YouTube as well. So this is, this is a, a combined price of the top 10 rookies mosaic base cards. So you can look since the 10th, mm-hmm. right? The, average out the price of all the top 10 rookies. So that's Burrow all the way down to Henry Ruggs at 10. Yeah. Average price was 62 bucks in the 12th. It's all the way down to 34 on September 28th. So yesterday. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's a good illustration and really seeing the group, how they're, how they're going together. But it, so just so you know, like this green here signifies volume. So you're, you're at, there was a ton of volume. Mm-hmm. So I think retail starting to hit the market. And it's diluting the value a little bit, and we're seeing prices drop. But I think we're gonna we're How, saying, today's gonna be a good buy right now. The hype has worn off, prices have settled. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's exactly what I was gonna say. They, they, when I see that 34 tie, I immediately just think people are paying 65 for 70 on eBay for a mosaic blaster. No, go buy two rookies or go buy a rookie of burrow base. Just go get it now. Just take advantage of those single prices coming down. Cause I do think they're low. I think they will come back up. Um, the conditions issue is a little bit scary buying those cards raw right now, but yeah, with that, the price of the product versus the price of the rookies, I think you're right. Those singles are at a great opportunity right now. For sure. For sure. So yeah, it was just kind of going into after the rookies here, just kind of coming into the hot players. We've already kind of talked about Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, probably enough, uh, just, you know, but just overall, they get simple. They got, uh, 26 touchdowns together so far this year. So I think that's that's just amazing. They're, they're just shelling out, just game in, game out. Even like I did, I was really surprised that Allen's, how much he put up against the Rams. I thought the Rams would hold him down a bit more. So like I said, I'll, I'll give you that round. I'll give you that round, sir. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention... I did want to mention Hopkins, you know, he was kind of a buy in our off season uh, from a lot of people. Uh, we talked about just the move to Arizona, how that could be good for him on uh, that offense and his volume's just been incredible. He's averaging almost over 10 catches a game right now. He's got 32 catches for 356. And so when you see that to me, like the first thing I ask is, is it the Michael Thomas where he's like eight yards a catch or is it, you know, is he getting good distance or good average on his catch? He's 11.1 per reception. So he's getting the ball downfield, high volume, he's super effective and his like his uh percent of catch rate uh is 87 percent tie that is crazy that's crazy oh man that that's insane like and his average so what happens is is that and just the simple math of it is that basically every time he's targeted they can expect about nine yards <laughs> targeted, not catches, targeted. And so I just I just couldn't believe that stat. He's on a big hot streak. I do think with that offense it makes sense. But yeah. uh just seeing what Hopkins is doing right now is pretty fun to watch. I've always liked him as a player. He's he's a fun receiver to watch. Me too. No, yeah. huge fan. Huge fan. Uh, we glossed we glossed over Allen and, and Russell Wilson, but just again to reiterate, like a 2012 Tops Chrome. Russell Wilson, number 40, you can buy for $1,500 right now. Maybe a few bucks over. Like, just what, let that why? like settle. Is it, for- is it, yeah. Is it market, tie? Like, what is the – because the Seattle's got a pretty good football market, at least in terms of fans. But, I mean, I don't I don't understand what the reservation – and he has a Super Bowl. He should have two, if you ask Marshawn Lynch and the rest of the world. Like, 
how I just don't understand how it's that low. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, it's going to change. It's going to yeah. change. It, the The pace he's going, barring something catastrophic, like I, I think that's a that's at least a three thousand dollar car by the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think to me it is, it is the no brainer. Like that was going to be my clear in a way. Yeah, like what's the pick of the week? Like right now, you just if you if you got the cash to grab that card or go back through any of those, like the, you know, the, um, the other base tops or the SP yeah. authentic or the weird, like tops magic and all that stuff. Like any of those 2012 Russell Wilson's, I think you're going to be. I'd even yeah, target the, I'd even, if you're really wanting to, I know it's a little more expensive, but I like getting the SP, the, the, what's it? The towel, no towel. Right. The, the right. Yeah, even going after that, that'd be a fun card to have because that, that's a little bit more rarer. It's probably going to hold value better. Um, but yeah, I just, I've, I haven't made Russell Wilson being that low since we started studying our rookie data together on the site. I just never understood his value. Um, and really, even the next guy on the hot list, Aaron Rodgers, still don't understand his value either. He's just right there. I think he's in addition to like, I, I don't. I don't think he's that far off from Wilson in terms of, I know Wilson's more of an MVP level and putting up bigger numbers, but Rogers career. And I don't know that market's strong, the Packers. So I just, I feel like uh, Rogers definitely has some room to jump up a little bit higher as well. Mm -hmm. So right now the, the kind of Rogers is uh 71 to 106. He's up to 6.7% for 890. So like I said, really efficient, not a ton of yardage. Uh, he's got an 8.5% TD rate, which is actually quite high for a quarterback. So when he's throwing, he's moving the ball downfield and he's getting the ball in the end zone. Essentially, it's kind of how I, I read that. Uh, so but So is that 8% of his passes or for TD? Right, 8% of his passes, yeah, 8.5%. Wow. So that that's it sounds kind of low when you hear that number, but when you think they, they'll throw 30 times a game, it's actually quite good. So, right, kidding. Yeah. So cold players from last week, um, Kyler Murray, we already mentioned him with the three picks. We've kind of already talked about him in the, the recap. Josh Jacobs, we talked about him as well, kind of being worried about injury. Any of those, anything you want to add to those two players, Ty? I got one more. Um, yeah, I, I told you I'm not overly concerned with Jacobs. Um, or, I mean, I'm not overly concerned with Kyler Murray, and I'm definitely not concerned with Jacobs yet. Okay. Um, so those two don't concern me. I know your third okay. is going to be uh, Haskins. Yep, Haskins. Yeah. My goodness, unbelievable. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? See, I just think that I just think that they're they're giving him a chance, uh, but I do think we just kind of have this underlying story of Alex Smith is getting healthy. I just feel like they're. I just feels like Alex Smith is gonna take that job back because Haskins isn't doing anything with it, and I felt like a lot of the comments that Rivera made in the off season about Haskins like need to work on his leadership from a guy from like Rivera who is a tremendous leader. Um, yeah. So if Haskins isn't gonna lead the team the way Rivera wants, he'll take any veteran who, even if Alex Smith is seventy percent, eighty percent, he'll probably take Alex Smith, and so yeah. I can just see, I can see that change coming soon, especially with you know last last week he's he's. The really bad thing about Haskins right now is he's 55% completion. So that's like, you know, Josh Allen at his worst in his rookie year, like worst, worst. Um, and he's turned the ball over. So it's just, that's not going to work for Rivera and what he wants to do with that offense in terms of getting ball control and playing defense. So definitely just if you're holding on to silvers with him or you're hopeful with him, I, I definitely would give you some advice to probably get out on that when you can. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He's down to 330. 
Yeah. He peaked and three weeks ago at 675. Like, yeah. I saw that. Oh boy. Like this is, this experiment's yeah. failing. <laughs> right. They just thought, oh, he's starting. We got a chance. I mean, same thing. Trubisky had another little upswing when he was yeah. going to be the starter again and already back down. They're both going to be ones that you're going to just have in a cardboard box at some point, probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. So I had a little segment for this week, just a fun little buy, sell, hold. So no numbers yeah. on it in terms of not saying you have any. I'm just going to tell you that kind of mix up the cards a little bit. Went with Prism Silvers, went with off Prism Silvers a little bit, but we got six players here. Okay. All right, so we got Deshaun Watson. They're 0-3 Texans right now, but I will say it's probably the hardest three-game stretch of any team in the league, but they're 0-3. Uh, 2017 Prism Silver just sold PSA 10 for 540. Is that a buy or is that a sell or just a hold? What do you think? It is 1 billion percent a buy. I, so, I would say a buy too, just based on what you said that Haskins just went for 600 <laughs> like, like for a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So in the data we put out this past week, the number one volume getter for all of these guys outside of 2020 rookies has been Deshaun Watson. So that tells me one important thing, and that is the market wants him to succeed. Like okay. there's a lot of people actively pursuing him. He's like a lot of guys in the NBA who – once they have, there's a lot of volume around a guy. Once they have a couple good games, they explode up and everyone's like, whoa, what the heck? And it's like, well, no, yeah. the volume was telling you they wanted something to happen and there's interest in this guy. We're just waiting for the stats to back it. Once right. he has a couple good games, if he, has, if he throws five touchdowns, he's going to go up 200 bucks, 250 bucks. Like the thing is, is like I kind of put in my opening article that I was concerned about him and the team long term. I just, I was worried about that organization and supporting him and I still am. Yeah. But even with that worry, 540 for that talent is just not even close. It's not even close. I don't care if he goes 0-16 this year with the Texans and they finally get a new coach. I'd be buying at 540 because I know he's, he's not like his last year of his career. He still has time. And as long as they keep him healthy, you know, maybe they finally make a change in the Texans. You know, Texans make a change and maybe next year is a huge year. So definitely 540 is a no-brainer for sure. Uh, yep. Jared Goff, 2016, Prism Silver, PSA 10, 400. I put him on there. The Rams are looking stronger this year. They are. They have picked up their running game, though. They are the. I think I heard the stats say they're the third, um, have the third most run volume of any team in the league. So it's not all in Goff's arm right now. But what do you think about Jared Goff? About four hundred dollars. Sell. Yeah. Yep. I'd be okay. a seller. Hundred bucks. So what about you? Uh, I think I would say a hold just because I do think it's a good team. I think he might get a little bit of bump through the season. I can just see them having success, but I, not a long-term uh, buy or nothing I want to go in for long-term. I just I just think that he's limited as a quarterback. Okay. Derrick Henry, 2016 Prism Cellular, PSA 10, 300. Um, had, a, had a pretty big game, back to his normal 120 yards, two touchdowns last week, and uh, win over the Vikings. The odds. I'll just say one thing before you make your call. The one thing about Henry that I just – a lot of the biggest concerns with running backs is that their longevity in the position. And I yeah. just feel like I'm not as worried about that with Henry. I just feel like he'd be around for a long time. <laughs> but anyways, go ahead. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point because I, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like he's the one guy you feel like is invincible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I would say I'm probably a hold at 300 bucks or it's like, I, I, it keeps at this pace. Maybe he's a four or $500 card, but if he just, if he's status quo yeah, 300 bucks is probably a little bit too much. Yeah. It just feels safer than it. 300 is not a ton within the football hobby as we've just talked about some of the quarterback numbers, but he's yeah. just kind of a safe little, I don't want to say penny stock, but he's just kind of a safe little stock that he yeah. can just, kind of keep hammering away and it might be 350 next year, 400 the year after. So yeah, I, I think a hold holds a perfect call there. Uh, so miles Sanders um, kind of, he missed game one, but since then he's had 230 yards of total offense um, yeah. with Eagles and the Eagles have struggled. So that's pretty exciting to me in terms of what he's done with what they have. Um, sure. But his, his, I couldn't find anything great because he's not like, like a hot name, so it wasn't too much greater, but a raw silver from 19 was going for 75. How do you feel about Miles Sanders for a raw silver at 75? Well, that, that puts him at approximately 300 bucks for a PSA yeah. 10. Um, I mean, I'm that's that why I wouldn't buy it at 300 bucks, right? I'd be sell for 300 bucks, right? Just comparing to Henry just makes that easier when you kind of make that multiplier, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So after the uh, goal line tight end comment, Mike Evans, 2014 Prism rookie, non variation, BGS 9.5, went for 100 bucks last Bye. week. 100 I'll take them all. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good price for you know BGS gym. I think 100 bucks. That seems relatively cheap. Uh, I still think he's uh, he's gonna have touchdown volume, even if it's not a ton of yards. He's still gonna have touchdown volume with that size he creates in the red zone. Just yeah, he's gonna keep putting up those type of numbers. Yep. So yeah, I'll give my credit to my my buddy Drew. Kind of we talked about these numbers together. He's been writing for a site called Upper Elo. Uh it's a football site. And he uh told me that right now Ridley's on pace for 112 catches, 1800 yards, and 21 touchdowns. Calvin Ridley's right. on pace. <laughs> so buy or sell Calvin Ridley. I have a uh, Prism rookie raw silver at 130. So that puts him about 400. Um, I would probably, I'd probably buy at that price. I mean, he's yeah. one of the few elite receivers right now you can point to and say he's going to continue to produce. Guys, awesome. He is awesome. And he, he's making it look so easy. That's the thing. Like when I'm just watching, he's just, he's getting open just so easy. Like every week, he's just torching every DB that's put on him. Like it, it just yeah. seems simple for him. Um, the tide's turning, like I, we talked about in week one. He's, he's, you know, Julio Jones is starting to kind of fade. He's injured again, and just it's Ridley's, Ridley's the guy right now. He's the number one target. So, yeah. Um, so that's the, it's the guys we got there. So I, I think for Ridley, for me, I think, I think it's a buy too. I picked up a couple, actually, a little sale. I got a couple optic rookies of him that I'm excited about. So definitely a guy that I think's got a good long term value for the receiver position. So, yeah, perfect. I like that. I like that. Those are six fun names to think about. Yeah, try to mix it up from the regulars a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't want to get beat. You didn't want to get beat yeah, by a hole again. I get it. <laughs> Don't want to make any more bets. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, well, this week we got Panini Origins coming out. So thought we just kind of yeah. talk about with Origins releasing this week. I mean, that's a pretty big product that you and I both like. Um, mosaics had all the tension uh maybe just start with even before we kind of talk about what to expect in the product uh what do you think is going to happen with mosaic versus origins is that folks is the focus going to shift completely or do you think that it's going to be split or just how do you think mosaic and uh 
Origins is going to kind of compare to each other on the release? Well, I mean, Origins is great. I, I think it's it's great for what it is, right? It's really the first true on-card auto product that comes out right. in season. Um, and they're beautiful cards. They kind of have standardized in their look to a certain extent. Um, if, if you're, if you're buying it to collect, I think it's great cards to add to your collection for guys at PC. If you're looking to flip and make money, you got to move relatively fast on origins because it, it will be forgotten by January. It just will. Yeah. It'll be forgotten by December for that right. matter. When you have Prism and, cont- and contenders out. Origins right. is an app. Um, it is, right. it is, it's not a good product for long-term resale value. Just not. Um, yeah. but it's a great way to buy and sell and trade kind of rookie values and, and, and base, base on card autos. Right. So I, I was impressed with, I, I wasn't a fan with the black background that they had as much. I really liked the lighter background that I noticed this year. I think that just looks cleaner and I think the autos are going to look better. And so yeah. I really liked the kind of the design change they made this year. So I think that it just, overall, I was just happy to see the white, um, they got 42 card, uh, autograph checklist. So that's strong. They have a nice dual rookie auto set, uh, mm-hmm. only seven in that dual rookie auto sets. So that could be kind of a fun one to hit, probably tough hit. Uh, they got a burrow Higgins in there and a couple others. All the others don't quite have, they try to do tandems with the guys in the same team. So not a lot of teams yeah. have prominent rookies, but the burrow Higgins one's probably the one that you'd be chasing for sure. Um, the thing I always like about origins and I think that makes it fun in terms, like you said, the PC is that like almost, I think every card's numbered almost. It seems like it's just like everything is, yeah. you know, essentially, I don't want to say short printed, but you know, you know, this card's 30 out of 99 or two out of 50. So that's always fun when your cards, you know, numbered in the sense that, you know, the rarity, I, I enjoy that part of it when it comes yeah. to origins. But yeah, I think, like you said, PC, it's going to be, it's a good PC card. It's a fun design. Don't overinvest in it, but have fun with it. It's probably the simple uh, cliff notes of it, huh? Yeah, I mean you're uh, you're at three hundred bucks a box. It was a double check here to make sure the price is right. Yeah, I mean you're you're three hundred bucks a box now. I mean you can buy last year's for two eighty five. Um, so just point of reference. <laughs> yeah. So they just didn't budge at all. Yeah, they're just kind of staying right there. Yeah, I, I would assume two thousand eighteens are. There's probably not a lot of them, but you can get a 2018 if we look at it here a second. Um, sure. It's always good to get perspective in like previous years. Origins 2018 is is 350 a box. So yeah. Yeah, when you got most wax up 30 to 50 percent, and you got that product staying pretty still, you kind of you gotta know. Yeah, it so, is what it is. Get yeah. out collect or collect collect the cards for sure. Awesome. And so we got one more thing I thought I'd just throw at you here at the end uh, as we get ready to wrap it up here. Um, just kind of constant talk on Patreon and I think all across maybe the hobbies in general, but especially specifically your your site and uh, Bench Clear is just kind of that big hobby bubble that's building with the mass of people coming in, uh, the products, the sales, the volume, all that stuff being so high. We're already starting to see it somewhat trend down um as we've been watching it pretty closely towards the end of the playoffs of some of these sports and i was just wondering from your numbers perspective what are your thoughts on the vulnerability of different sports versus baseball basketball and football is 
Is football more protected because they're harder to find because of the supplies lower than the high volume basketball and baseball? Or is the volume of buyers equal to the volume of product in kind of each of them where they're going to trend down together if we do indeed see a bubble pop situation? Kind of a loaded question, but what uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, well, so yeah, that is, there's a lot to that question. Um and I, I just had a great interview with the CEO of, of a site called collectible.com, which is selling um, micro shares and, and card investments. And you can, you can buy fractional shares in these cards. And we were having the same conversation about it. And I think it'll, it'll come out later this week. It'll, it'll provide some additional context. But I, I would say just initial reaction is I, football to me is probably the least protected of the sports because of, of numerous things. One, you don't have the history behind it in terms of like great stable values. Um, you don't have the prospectors and, and the guys holding for long-term. Maybe some vintage is a little bit safer, but you just don't have a lot of history protecting football. And you guys got so much thinking injury risk around these yeah. guys where all it takes is a couple, all it takes is Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, or running back and receiver to just get hurt. Yeah. And it, it just affects the, the kind of the psychology of the products for this, this year. It just does. So yeah. I, I think that's the risk you run. And yeah, there's, I think there's people pulling some money off the table a little bit. There's a lot of volatility with, you know, other macro stuff like politics and elections and stuff, but right, right. I would be most concerned. We've said this for a long time, like, Football is a tough one to be in. It is. It's is. Yeah. a lot of excitement around football cards right now, but there's also a, there's a lot of risk in football cards too. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I just, when I think about it, I just think like you said, I think, so you're basically saying that supply being low is probably too, because there's not as much, there's not much players because it have the tradition of the background, doesn't have the longevity of basketball and baseball. And so, and it does, it does seem that like, to me, it's just as a, person on the outside looking and seeing all these different uh, rooms where there's people, a lot of the people come in. The first thing they want to know is, Hey, what basketball cards do I get? Or Hey, what baseball cards do I get? You yeah. don't really see many people just jump into football right away, even though everybody has a fantasy football team, you know? <laughs> so it is, it is funny to me to see that separation in those sports when it comes to sports cards, when football does get it, probably the most viewership, uh, probably, you know, the biggest pull when it comes to fantasy sports and those type of things. So I've always been interested with that. Yeah, well, you, you think about it. You think about it in terms of your fantasy team, right? Because I think it does it does overlap with the way you think about football cards. Where we just talked a second ago about Josh Jacobs, who he didn't have a, he didn't have a great game. He's a little banged up, and I'm already thinking, how do I trade this guy and get rid of him? Yeah, the right. the the rhythm of the football season, I think, makes it actually harder to buy and sell cards because a, a game or two really does affect values. Like you're talking like 15 yeah. of the season. <laughs> yep. So, so when you equate that to basketball, yeah, two football games it equates to like you know fifteen basketball games or right. twenty five baseball games. You know those are exactly. big chunks of seasons, and I mean that's why I got in. That's why I want to start this podcast with you, and that's why I got into this is because I love seeing that long term dynasty that that kind of long range plan when it comes to the cards and the players. And you're right. Football, you have a lot of whammies to, do, to dodge. It's a little bit harder. And that's why I, I like kind of applying that to, to my hobby. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yes. Simple advice for those that are just getting into football cards is, you know, don't get too uh, distracted by the next shiny thing. 
Like stick yeah. stick to the, the simple products, the rated rookies, the mosaics, the prisms, and the yeah. contenders. Like that, that'll be that. Those are the safe places to put your money in football cards. Yeah. Um, I was just I was chatting with Scott from Starstock, CEO of Starstock earlier today. Oh, he yeah. was telling me that on the football side, like they're it's it's moving like crazy. Like the daily yeah. transactional volume is insane. Football cards. So there's lots. There's lots of things happening. And actually, that's another point. Like, yeah, some vol- some volume shifting out of eBay and you see things dropping, but you got other marketplaces now where you you can measure yeah. success over there too. So and I think places like Starstock are really appealing. Their interface is newer. It looks, it looks so clean. It's fun to play around in. I just I enjoy that site. And I just think that everybody you talk to, I don't care who it is, but I mean you can probably I know you're a big seller on eBay, but everybody's trying to find something else. Like a lot of people are getting really <laughs> frustrated with that platform being the only place they can go. And it has a lot of issues. And so places like Starsock, places like Facebook places, people are looking for anywhere to sell, but there. And so definitely <laughs> I, the Starstock idea I've been really intrigued with just because of the day to day buying and selling on there. It's just fun. It just, yeah, definitely. But, Speaking uh, it's university. You're going to teach us all how to use Facebook to buy and sell cards. I can't wait for this. I know. I mean, I can't wait for that too. We've been talking about that. I know. So awesome. Well, I mean, anything we want to talk about looking forward to week four, Ty, any big uh, matchups or anything that you're uh, interested on? Um, trying to think here. I think the Sunday night game. No, that's just Falcons and Packers. So we might see another Falcon it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have loved the idea of the Broncos. I mean, Broncos are gonna probably get their first win against the Jets on Thursday night, but I wish it was Drew Lott getting, you know, getting some, you know, prime time exposure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The matchup of the week is probably the Chiefs and the Patriots. Chiefs and Patriots get the kind of feel of what the Patriots actually are, because like we felt all along that the Chiefs are the top team in the league. They're showing that week in and week out. So that'd be interesting to see how that defense of the Patriots, what Belichick comes up with against Mahomes and company, see if they get slowed down at all, or if Cam can get it going against KC. So I'm really interested to see what happens that game in terms of hobby. Um, and like Browns, you said, Cowboys, money, that's a, that's a great game. See if the Browns are for real. Yep. The, the Cowboys really are in a must win too. So that's kind of a, it's a tough spot for both teams. I think the Browns are trying to take off to three, three and one. Dallas can't afford to go one and three. So yeah, definitely interested in that one. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I see off the top there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, I think the bills Raiders will be a good game. Like I, I, I want to watch just for Josh Allen, but I'm really curious to see how, how the Raiders respond after getting yeah. slapped. So I'm really the, the long-term plan with the Raiders with Gruden and stuff is that he's been every draft they've been saying he's been trying to trade for a quarterback. I'm just wondering if they're in quarterback purgatory where they're just going to be stuck at this eight and eight level. Cause they can't get the guy in there to move the ball like he wants to. Um, so that's, we'll kind of see if that transpires this year. Cause they just kind of highs and lows. If they run the ball and playing defense, they'll be good. If they can't, they have to throw They're in trouble. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we'll see if we'll see if Lamar bounces back into the Redskins. If Chase Young's out, he probably should have another heyday and get people back on his side. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, perfect. Well, thanks for uh, being part of episode three, Ty. Appreciate you yeah. coming on, sharing your wisdom with us back in, the, know, we, in the mountains. <laughs> we did a disservice to the to the Steelers. Like they're playing really well. Yeah. Which means we need to have Shani on next week for week four. Let's I think Shani be your guest. Uh, exposure to the Steelers. That's awesome. I definitely, I want Shani on. I, I would be honored. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, buddy. All right.